Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Product-Led Podcast. We have Alex Hafner, Head of Product at Envoy. And today, we'll be knowing or finding out more about how he handled what his company had went through and deploying new products despite the pandemic. So, Alex, as we were setting up the podcast episode, the podcast recording, one of the things that really stood out to me was that it was about your experience running a business in the pandemic. Could you like elaborate more on that? Could you tell me more about it, please? Yeah, of course. So thanks for having me. And um, before I go into that, I guess to give you some context about when I joined and where Envoy was at. So mm-hmm. I joined um, just a few months before the pandemic. It's seared into my memory in um, <laughs> August 2019. And uh, at that time, I had worked at Yelp for about seven years before that um, Mm -hmm. in engineering and product. I had used Envoy's products at Yelp. And Envoy at the time had two products. We had a visitor's product for people coming into offices, and we had a deliveries product. And I had used both these products. I really liked them. I thought they were super easy to use. And I didn't know too much more about Envoy at that time. I learned a ton I got super excited. As I said, joined in 2019. We were building this, what we were calling like a workplace OS, trying to do all these different things for workplaces. We had seen Ooh. like offices that looked like they were in the future and they uh-huh. had all this cool technology and automation for employees. And then most of the world's offices were not quite there yet. Yeah. And so we wanted to basically build a bunch of products and then a platform underneath that to mm-hmm. helpfully make transform how workplaces work. And in 2019, we were building... I I basically joined to build a new product for us, Envoy Rooms. Mm -hmm. And that was going to help us transition more towards in the office, more employee and users. We had about 95% of our users on our core first product, our Envoy Visitors product. And we really wanted to make that transition to a multi-product company that serves employees and the other users in the workplace. And so we built this product. We launched it in February 2020. And then the pandemic hit like a month later. So we had all this excitement and energy in February 2020. And then, you know, we were literally like, yeah. And then we had shelter in place in in March. And so that was like a really interesting inflection point that we went through, right? Um, Obviously, the world went through it as well. But our Mm -hmm. business was fundamentally about workplaces. And all of our products to that point were about workplaces. And it was actually the worst time we could have launched a meeting room product that was designed to help companies manage contention because yeah. they had all just sent their employees home, right? Uh-huh. And so mm-hmm. what we went through is we basically decided to completely transition away from what we were working on to build a whole set of new products over the next, uh, I guess we could say, two years now. And like our fiscal year starts in February. We had launched a whole new roadmap for the year mm-hmm. as well as part of our like launch of our rooms product. We had these great plans. We were going to um, build some new stuff, but we weren't going to launch a ton of new products that year. Mm-hmm. And then when the pandemic hit and we went home, we ended up going into like a totally different mode of operating where we took all of that and scrapped it. Um, over the next couple of weeks, we had a bunch of um, meetings that we went through with customers to learn about all the challenges that they were going to face in uh, their workplaces with the pandemic. And we were really guided by sort of a few key principles. We were looking at like, the world has changed fundamentally. There's not a lot of analogies of when that has happened in the past, but like a good analogy was like a 9-11. Uh, that was a really big moment in the world where everything yeah. had changed. Yeah. Security was totally different afterwards. True. And this felt like it could be another one of those black swan moments where everything was about to change. Yep. So we 
built up a bunch of ideas of what we should potentially build for customers. And we weren't sure about any of this, right? We were like testing it. We had ideas like we wanted to build a new product where we would help manage their cleaning. So we knew that every workplace would need new cleaning protocols. We had a new product idea where we would manage their assets. So Mm -hmm. every company was shipping laptops out to their employees that they were hiring remotely now. Mm -hmm. And they needed to figure out how to actually do that logistically. Um, And we also had an idea for a product that we would... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we um, we had a new product idea for a product to do daily health screenings so that you could actually bring people back into your office yeah. and hopefully do it in a healthy and safe way. And we took those ideas. We sat down with a bunch of our customers. We talked to them. We tried to understand like what of that resonated. And over time, it became clear that the biggest one for us, which applied to the, like, it seemed like everyone, everyone needed it. It was mm-hmm. a broad customer base. And that our customer base was really well aligned with us in terms of they had the need and we had the opportunity to build a pretty compelling product there was around the daily health screening. So that was probably like mid-April where we had identified this. We had been sitting on a bunch of calls with customers and talking to them and learning. And then we quickly built a prototype of that. And we took that prototype out to these customers and we went through a bunch of uh, rapid iteration. Like we would show them like a version of it. And then you get customer feedback from like one or two people. And then you would cut a bunch of features that you heard basically like they didn't either, either didn't use or weren't interested in. Yeah. And then you'd add in some new stuff. And over that, we were, like, were able to really tune very quickly within like a week or two. Now, meanwhile, the whole pandemic is going on. Everyone's yeah. still working from home. You know, we don't know what the future is looking like, but we are continuously reevaluating all the new like information coming in about how the world's changing, like mm-hmm. masks and everything else, right? Mm-hmm. And it seems like we're hitting on something here. And we get to a point where we're hearing like a lot of the same feedback from customers as we showed in the prototype. And it, it seems like we found like some product market fit. So mm-hmm. then it, it took us about four and a half weeks to build it, like an MVP. And we basically mm-hmm. took the whole company during those four and a half weeks and we pivoted everybody onto this product. We basically said, look, mm-hmm. we have a visitor's product and a deliveries product and a rooms product. But right now, those products just aren't meeting the needs of the market. And, you know, it's a really hard decision to take your long-term roadmap that you had for the year, mm-hmm. your core product that you have 95% of your usage on and say, we're going to take all the resources away from those right now. And we're going to focus everything on this brand new thing. But it made sense to us because we had seen, you know, all these factors about how the world was changing and we had done all the research and testing. So in that four and a half weeks, mm-hmm. the engineering teams built the first MVP. On top of that, the uh, like our sales and go-to-market teams had a new pitch deck that they were out with, telling everybody about this new product coming. So it was kind of like a really cool, scrappy time to just... Everybody was rallying and trying our best to all get aligned around the same goal and objective. And you know, you, like as you get bigger as a company, you don't always get that opportunity again because you yeah. start to like think about, you know, well, we got to launch this product and then this other product. So we have separate teams working on it. So but it's just a very unique... Yeah, exactly. You get a very unique, special moment for us. So uh, we launched that in May. We ended up obviously like iterating a ton. Mm-hmm. You know, like time to market was one of the things we were prioritizing over being right. So we would always like launch a feature, and then if it worked or didn't work, we would basically decide to keep it or change it or remove it. Um, and it was that just sweet spot of like product development where you get to iterate a ton and rapidly. And your user base is like, there's nothing really in the market that can address their need. We happen to be like really well positioned with a ton of customers on our existing products, and they are really willing to like iterate with us right so yeah. you just saw like a lot of fast-paced iteration their research was i didn't mean to cut you off user i was just going to oh, say yeah. that user research was super super critical you had to have like that red batman phone to 
to know what they want, what you can provide, and what's coming up. Yeah, absolutely. We were in a really lucky position that we had a lot of customers who were paying us for our products, and they're more than happy to jump on calls, and they're more than happy to try new products with us, which is mm-hmm. really fortunate. But I definitely think that you know when you're trying to build the future, you can't look at like A-B testing and observational data. You have to go out and talk to people and talk to your end users and spend time with them. And that's really how you're going to figure out, like, is your product the right one? Is it addressing the need? And is that a broadly applicable product for the market? So after launching that product, it ended up being a breakout success. Like, I don't think we really anticipated how much usage we would end up having. Mm -hmm. We had tons of different customers who used it. I think we had, like, the pharma companies who were, you know, at the time, like, working on, like, the vaccines. We also had surprises. Like, uh, movie studios ended up using us. They ended up being, like, one of our biggest users. And they make all these like TV and movies that we all love, mm. um, but they they have to produce content. You know, their employees in order to their business relies on them building content for their mm-hmm. audiences, right? And so they didn't really have an option to like work from home. Yeah. So they ended up just using us every day on set to help ensure people were healthy and safe. And we also did some pretty cool stuff with our existing platform and our existing products, where you know our existing platform could manage things like the Wi-Fi system in the office or the access control system. And we extended those to our new health survey protect product. On Envoy Protect, you could do the health survey, but that health survey also tied into your company's access control system. So if people didn't do the health survey, they actually couldn't get into the building, which was meant to make people feel more healthy and safe and also allow the admins to control like access to the building. On top of that, they could do stuff like temperature checks. So they had temperature sensors that they could use to make sure that people didn't have a fever. Um, and they could use like um, health data integration. So we didn't actually manage health data, but you could do things like get data from a third party that your company contracted with, and then that would just tell Envoy if you were allowed to come to the office. So you know, it was it was a unique position too because we had existing products in the platform that we were able to extend to this new opportunity. Now, on top of that, so after seeing all that usage in like 2020, and also building that like on a mobile first mobile app where employees were able to like quickly do those surveys and all that stuff happened on your mobile phone, we then we're really well positioned because we started to get all these employee users using Envoy on a daily basis. And that allowed us to then address a new problem in workplaces, which was like flex desking and managing flexible resources in the office. So in that same year, a little bit later, we would launch Envoy Desks. And that was meant to address the next biggest problem we were seeing in the market, which was our customers now have daily health screenings, but they need to manage an office space that needs to flex to like 20% capacity or 100% capacity and go up and down. So um, yeah, that's just a little bit of how we got through the pandemic and where we are now is, you know, we've made it through and we're now building a bunch of new products for workplaces. I'm impressed, to put it mildly. I'm impressed with how flexible you handled everything, the risks that you took. And as you said, summarizing what happened in two years in just a few minutes of context is I'm 100% sure that's just some of what happened. Today's episode is brought to you by productled.com. As the founder of the business, it is our mission at ProductLed to help you build a world-class product-led business. That is honestly what gets me excited. I want to help you. And that's one of the reasons why we are so committed to providing you a ton of free resources like this podcast to arm you with all the tools, strategies, and tactics you need to build and grow a successful product-led business. But 
sometimes just listening to podcasts, reading articles, and talking to colleagues about product-led growth doesn't quite cut it. It feels like you're just learning a bunch of random tactics that don't quite add up to a holistic strategy. Now, if you can relate, I'd highly recommend checking out our upcoming product-led growth program. In this program, we will actually help you master product-led growth, understand the holistic strategy behind it, and ultimately help you create a product experience that leaves your users wanting to come back for more and we will give you all the tools, templates, and feedback you need to make it happen. So if that's interesting to you, you can learn more and register at productled.com. And now let's get back to the episode. So I'd like to go back and circle back to your team. How did the pandemic affect your own team? Yeah, I think it affected us in a lot of ways. I think to get through the pandemic on a workplace company, you had to have a ton of grit and comfort with a lot of challenges, you know, mm-hmm. like building something awesome. I think in any job, I just wouldn't expect that it's always going to be easy. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's going to be super challenging. And this happened to be one of those challenging moments. So we did have to take a lot of things that we were all working on that we were excited about, yeah. that we were emotionally invested in and put them off off the table for now. I see. And then we also had to align the entire company around our new vision, our new mission, and we did have to, you know, say, hey, we're, there's a lot of things that we had talked about doing this year that we're just not going to do anymore. So I, I think that was um, a really important, but definitely very challenging thing to do to go through that together when you've invested a lot of your own time, right? Like the sign yeah, costs yeah. fallacy into building a roadmap and, you know, making plans for these products that we were hoping to build. Yeah, trust me, I can relate because some of the projects that we're doing are my, to put it, in a manner of speaking, are my babies because I put the thought into it, the efforts into it. So I can definitely relate that it would not have been easy. Going further into that, how did you manage not to lose heart and actually shift the business's focus? It wouldn't, wouldn't have been an easy talk. Yeah, absolutely. I think internally... We're big believers in the innovator's dilemma. We understand Mm -hmm. it pretty well. You know, it's the concept that you have a core product that works really well. And then you end up getting so focused on building and iterating on that product that you're unable to innovate and somebody else comes along and and they take over because they didn't they didn't have this big customer base of of this core product of users that they had to serve. So they got to do something a little different. So I think we were always like had a healthy amount of paranoia that we needed to make sure that we were building something that uh, was really useful. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, one thing that we did is we did spend time with a lot of customers and we heard what was relevant to them and we would bring lots of people into those customer calls so that they could participate and hear from them too. Mm-hmm. And I think we tried to lay out a really clear vision of what we thought the future might look like. And yeah. I'm, again, a really big fan of a book called Super Forecasting, which talks about how to predict the future better. But one of the big key moments that, or uh, takeaways from that book is you need to constantly reevaluate what you think the future is going to look like. And it's always, I would say, no moment is it more important than during a pandemic. <laughs> so we were constantly reevaluating that uh-huh. and we were keeping everyone up to date on what we thought the future would look like. We had like a weekly update to the entire company that was a meeting that everyone mm-hmm. would participate in and you could ask questions to know more about what we were building and you know what we thought the next few months would look like in terms of features for the product. And we were also constantly like adding and removing stuff to that list of features based on 
how the future was playing out for us. It really pays to have a constant pulse on your team, your customers, always have that line of communication open and always being open to that change. Because, I mean, pretty much that's what being product-led is. It's fine-tuning your product to the point that you actually had new customers from demographics that you did not expect come in and actually use your products that you had before you even did the shift. That's amazing. So with that, with the changes that had happened, what became your primary focus in the so-called quote-unquote new normal? Yeah. So I guess to just like reiterate, we before the pandemic, we had a long-term roadmap. We had a plan. We yeah. had communicated that plan to our customers. We had all these nice features for global management of all of your offices that we were going to bring to the product. Mm-hmm. And so we, we were offering stability and clarity, right? And I think when we when the new normal hit of the pandemic and there was so much uncertainty, our number one priority became time to market for everything right. that we were doing. So yeah. we shifted from, from where we were and what we were really focused on was constantly reevaluating and innovating on what we were shipping because then there was no better time to just get real-time user feedback than launching some new feature into our, you know, Omni Protect product. Yeah waiting one week to hear all the feedback and then launching the next feature and then, you know, continuing to reevaluate that. So that was really our focus because we, we would not have been successful if we hadn't done that. Yeah, very true. Uh, and it's amazing how you did, in fact, handle it. So you brought the entire company along, okay? So early on, we spent a couple of weeks with customers mm-hmm. trying to understand all their needs. And we brought like engineers into those calls. We brought product designers into those calls. We brought customer success folks into those calls. We were trying to make sure that, you know, not only were we learning what we needed to be doing, but also people within our company were seeing and hearing directly from our customers. Mm-hmm. And we would even take some of that feedback and research and eventually publicize it within the company so that more people um, had access to it. But it's just really important that everybody understands the problem I'm really a big believer that if you just clearly explain the problem that you're solving and why you're solving it and what you think your potential solutions are, a lot of people will get bought in and understand that. So the first thing was just seeing seeing all the research. Then with the actual product itself, you know, we had done this rapid iteration period that I mentioned where we were like showing prototypes and then tweaking them and then mm-hmm. showing them to the next customer. So we had a good sense that we had something that was working. And then we just spent a lot of time trying to train everyone internally to feel comfortable with what it was, how it would work. And I think they were seeing success on their um, calls with customers. So that made it really you know, easy for them to then grow in confidence and like, this is the yeah. right approach. We're moving in the right direction, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think a lot of it for us was helping everyone feel connected to the customer, explaining the problem clearly, and using as many opportunities as we could to bring the entire company in to understand these problems in like Friday meetings with the entire company, yeah. showing prototypes, helping them see it. I love how you moved as a unit despite the shift. And that effectively became the key to your success, again, despite the shift. So from here on, you're in a pretty good spot with Envoy and with your market. So how do you see things going on from here? Yeah, so for us, we now have, it's kind of crazy to think, but pre-pandemic, we had very little mobile usage of our products. Now we have 
100,000 people a day and growing with the return to office using our mobile app to go to their workplace, see who's coming in, manage their desk, book mm-hmm. a room. Going forward, for us, we're going to see this continued return to hybrid workplaces. We have some new things that I think we're really excited about. You know, it's not just about inside your own office. It's like your parking spot, being able to make sure you can get a parking spot for the day, mm-hmm. uh, do things like carpooling, smart lockers within the office to manage your, like leave your laptop so you don't have to take it home if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, like food ordering, all integrated within the Envoy experience through the platform, which is really like sort of like building on that vision we've had for a couple of years, but now we're really starting to get there for us. It feels like a really exciting moment. On top of that, you know, for the people who buy our products, the administrators, they're going to get a ton of data out of how these workplaces are actually used, both from the employee lens and also the resources in the office, like the desks and the rooms. And mm-hmm. then they can make smart decisions about how they want to lay out their space. So I think for us, we feel like we're able to now help a bunch of companies and manage and, and take on hybrid work and flexible work and yeah. do it across the world in a way that it can be widely adopted. And so I think we're just super excited for that. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, the last one last piece for us is we're also thinking about how to integrate more deeply into buildings. A lot of our customers mm-hmm. are in the same building together. And building operators are really excited to work with us to help enable new kinds of experiences in a flexible work world where you have hybrid employees where maybe like one floor in the building is flex space run by the building available to all the different tents in the building. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you can do stuff like help people carpool together who are going to the same building, but may not work in the same office together. So that's also an area that we're uh, excited to go into. All right. That does sound exciting, especially when people are moving back into their offices or are actually adopting a more hybrid setup there's going to be a lot of logistics involved for sure. So I'm pretty sure you have mechanisms and set to listen to them, give, uh, keep iterating, and I mean, by your operations, be even more product-led. So uh, just to summarize everything, what are two key takeaways that you'd like our listeners to get from this episode? Could be one, could be two, up to you. For me, the two key takeaways from you know, what we went through mm-hmm. as a team, as a company, are firstly, you you know, you can't be dogmatic. You've just mm-hmm. got to change course when it's important. And, um, you know, you got to ignore your own sound cost and really look at what the future is going to be looking like and what you think will help you win. And you've got to make your moves to get there. Um, and I think the second one that's really important is to have grit, be comfortable with challenges, and also take care of yourself. I don't think we could have done it without a lot of investment in our own mental health. For me personally, I spent mm-hmm. a lot of time outside of work trying to get out and go for walks, hikes, mm-hmm. and make sure that I had a, a regular exercise and you know healthy diet routine. Um, because I knew that this was a super stressful time and I wanted to make sure that I took care of myself to be able to do my best. I just think that's a super important lesson for people who go through anything challenging is um, that that underlying foundation really helps you build better things. I need to take your advice. So I'm 100% sure people would like to hear more about uh, what you went through, would like to get your insights, and maybe even more advice from you. Can they message you on LinkedIn? Yeah, they can uh, message me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Happy to chat. All right. Thank you so much. So 
that's uh, another episode of the Product Led Podcast. Thank you everyone for joining. Just a quick note, the registration for the May cohort is now open. Make sure to secure your, you or your team seat. So have a great day and thank you for listening to the Product Led Podcast. Have a great one. Thank you for listening to the Product Led Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with a colleague or friends you know who might benefit. We are always looking at which episodes get the most listens so we know which content to create more of. So if you want more of this particular type of content or style of episode, please share it out. And in return, here's your selfish reason to do this. Uh, we will definitely create more content just like this episode. And if that's not your style, please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts and tell us your favorite part about this podcast. I personally read every single one of these reviews and it gives me more ideas on what content we should do more of. Happy growing.